Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlick. Take two worked on that one. Messed up on the first one. That's right. Good job, Rob. Yeah, we're trying we're trying to well, do he, uh, he added a new line. A new yeah, line there. A new line and first try, I botched it. Hey, Rob, you know what? What people don't realize in, in the creative world is, especially with um, recording things, video, audio, it takes a lot of takes. It takes a lot of takes. It takes a lot of takes. You don't see that. You just see the finished, polished process or product. But I tell you what, that's okay. No shame in doing yeah. a take two. I'll tell you what, Rick. Take three, well, we might have had a conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is this is quite the polished product. I mean, yes. Yes, I don't is. know. I don't know if if you feel the same way, but when I when I listen to NPR and I listen N- to ours, I, yeah, I, I can't tell the difference. Honestly, I mean, sheesh. that's because you're not a raging liberal. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes half our listenership. <laughs> Thanks for that, Rick. I know, like just NPR kidding. does have some good stuff, but everyone knows they're it's just a very liberal program. But they've been at this a long time. Yeah, yeah, they have. I actually read somewhere that they do ten hours of audio. And then they cut it down to their show. Which show? Their NPR podcast. Oh, their podcast. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to shoot the them old... an email after this because we're now, now we're blurbing for NPR. And we're not getting any kind of sponsorship dollars out of that. <laughs> NPU? We're not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Gracious. So, Rick, Rick, I noticed that um, you and I aren't in the same room. Where, where are you, buddy? Yeah. I'm in my basement. Where where else would a guy want to go to record a podcast? I'll tell you what. That hipster basement of yours is <laughs> my number one choice for recording a podcast. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Is that why you're not here? Oh, wait. That, is, that is why. I am in sunny Florida. And not only is it sunny, sunny South Florida, another famous place for broadcasting, <laughs> the Rush Limbaugh show. <laughs> oh, boy. My hey, boy I'm Rush. just trying to get both ends of the spectrum here on um, – There you go broadcasting there you go so, so i'm I'm in, I'm in sunny florida. florida and i will say it's sunny here too it's gonna be well, 80 yeah but it's it's safer for me there if i step outside rick for more yeah. than five minutes i'm already burnt if you don't know rob um he let's say has fair skin he's a redhead okay yeah very fair skin so he burns yeah, i burn very easily His and wife, so hands rob burns uh, sunscreen and I are good friends, intimate friends, and um, out here I'm putting a lot of it on. But dude, okay, so there is you're gonna get uh, cancer. I hope not. Yeah, there's cancer and all that stuff. Well, there's cancer getting burnt. No, you're too. getting it. Skin yeah, cancer. yeah. See, you're gonna go I'm anyway. Just, I'm so. in trouble, man. <laughs> okay, what were you gonna say? There are these massive, massive locusts here. And they're all over the place. Like we went on a walk yesterday and we couldn't we couldn't put the stroller on the sidewalk and go forward without running over plenty of them. It was weird. <laughs> and these things are some of them are not quite but close to the size of my hand. Shut up. I'm not kidding. I'll take a picture. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll send it to you too. Dude, what? they're they're big. It's crazy. The size of your hand? Close. Not quite, but close. Rob has really small hands. <laughs> <laughs> what was that old Burger King commercial? The guy was small hands. <laughs> got these tiny hands. So my question, Rob, um, 
you mentioned this earlier, and this is maybe something people don't know about you, but you are in a, you're in a, a relative's condo. In the room that you're in, you described it using some very lavish language. You called it a shrine. Um, tell yeah, us about this false been, Tell us about this false religion. That may have Rob. been strong language. However, I come from a family that is deeply rooted in Pittsburgh culture, and I love that because I come, I come here, and I enter into this office that's not mine. It's a family member's. And I look around, and in one portion of the office, I see a Let's Go Pens towel with Pittsburgh Penguins, a uh, little wooden statue above it, and then a big penguin, another smaller penguin. Like, there's three wooden penguins figurines above this towel, holding it up on the shelf. And then I look a little bit to the left, and I see Let's Go Bucks. And so right above that, I see a Pittsburgh Pirates clock. And so we've got the penguins and the pirates uh, just some fan gear right there. And then I look over to the right and there's this one seater chair and it has a Pittsburgh Steelers pillow. It's got another matching pillow. It's got a uh, black and gold penguin pillow. It's got a Pittsburgh Steelers blanket. And then I look on the wall and I see a, a picture of a Super Bowl ring. And above the ring, it's got this slogan. It says, success. And I'll spell that for you, S-I-X-C-E-S-S, as in the Pittsburgh Steelers have six more rings. They're illiterate or what? (laughs) Yeah. And right beneath that, it says, hard work has its rewards. And then there's a a terrible towel hanging off of it. So this this is a a beautiful office, baby. And I'm looking around, and I'm getting fond feelings all over the place. So (laughs) this is a great place to record a podcast. Uh, we don't want to know about your feelings, um, feelings you get when you're sitting in a room like that. But I think um, it just looks like, like a lot of false religion to me, Rob. Um, you're hoping something other than Jesus, taking your joy from something else. Certainly not, and, uh, but you know what? Worried about you. What about you and your family? <laughs> thanks, for your, thanks for your concern, Rick. I'll take, hey, I'll take I- all the prayer that I can get. Um, especially since my calves are really yeah. biting the dust on, on this series, which I think everybody expected. I'm not much of an NBA fan, so don't laugh at me for this, but is there what NBA team is in um, Pittsburgh? There is none. That's why I root okay. for the Cavs. Okay, so that makes sense why I didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cavs, so obviously um, Cavs, by the time this drops, will have will know for sure. but Probably lost the series. They're down, oh, they're down, yeah, 0-3, and so, they just don't have the team to match up with a team that has four likely Hall of Famers in the peak of their playing career <laughs> all on the same team. So LeBron has Kevin Love helping him out. Last night, Rodney Hood played great, and this isn't a sports podcast, thankfully, because I don't know enough to even begin to host one of those. But I, as a Cavs fan, am rooting for LeBron to leave because I'm so frustrated with our front office and the way that... They can't get LeBron any uh, any star power. Their best player is Kevin Love, and they had Kyrie, but they lost him. So, so quick question before we, we need to get going here with our yeah, staff. But where do you think LeBron should go? Um, Houston would be okay. a viable option. 76ers, maybe, uh, which 76ers, Rick, are out of Philadelphia. I do know that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, it's or, the, the 76. Or the 76. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. Um the San Antonio Spurs, if they keep mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. 
potentially the Lakers if Paul George goes there. Um, and I, I read an article last night that the Warriors are actually on LeBron's list to talk to in free agency. So we'll see if anything happens wow. there. That would be quite the quite the turn of events. That would be, wouldn't it? Would yeah. it not be? So speaking of turn of events, Rob, okay. turn this event into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, let's get a good radio segue here. And because I can't think of one off the top of my head, we're talking about missions. <laughs> talking about the Great Commission. The Great Commission, right? Yeah. So this is um, what when Jesus gave to the church, the disciples, when he left. Uh, we look at Matthew 28. Um, I'm just going to read this passage, 18, starting in verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this commission that Christ has given to the church to go to all nations and, and make disciples. And that's what we call the Great Commission. And that's why we that's why we do missions. Because there's yep. lost people and God has called us to go reach them. Okay, so yeah, Jesus's final command to the church, go out. Um, but Rick, you know, I've been thinking about getting a tattoo lately. Dude, and... you already did this. You already did this once. Okay? <laughs> I think you should I think you should say it again now. Because we've gotten some new listeners since I I had a typo, okay, in a text message to Rob. I thought about getting a tattoo of the Great Commission, and somehow I just sent verse 18, I think, and it says, all authority on heaven, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And Rob has never <laughs> let that die. Like, you know what? It's a good joke for him. That's cool. We, we can Rick, talk about it. It's a really effective tattoo to be but, flashing but on your arm. Just to let everybody know that all authority on heaven and earth. So, has in case you're wondering, Rob is not a gracious person. Okay, <laughs> he does not walk in grace towards his brothers. <laughs> oh boy, this is I love I love that story. It is a funny story, but yeah. Rob, why is why is missions are missions important? Why do we care about the Great Commission? I mean, it's in Scripture, but there's more yeah. to it than that. There's a reason it's in Scripture. Yeah, well, we care about it, Rick, um, because. <laughs> <Thank> you, <Rob. laughs> Because um, that's the means by which God has chosen to reach his people. Um, so Romans talks about how faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God being being omnipotent, all-powerful, sovereign, um, he can accomplish his will any means that he sees fit. He doesn't need us, but he's kind and gracious to bring us into the working of his plan to reach his people and to accomplish his will. And so one, one phrase, I don't know who I heard this from, um, but it, it's just, I feel like it encapsulates this idea really well. It says, the spirit of God uses the word of God to change the people of God to look like the son of God in order to accomplish the will of God. And so I'm going to say that again. The Spirit of yeah. God uses the Word of God to change the people of God to look like the Son of God in order to accomplish the will of God. And so we care about the, the Great Commission because that is what God has chosen to use His people to reach other people with the good news of the gospel. Yeah. It's a great way of putting it. I don't know. Did you 
maybe I missed. Did you say where you got that from? That little no, line? I've I've heard that before, but I don't know. I've heard it from multiple people. I don't know who actually coined it. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening and you coined it, yeah. then you just let us know, and we'll let everybody else know that That's it was right. you. We will, we will give you credit for that. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Quote. So um, another passage. Um, another great quote that I I like a lot. Okay. Whoa. Go oh, ahead. Take it. It's fine. No, I was just going to share that there's a quote by John Piper. Um, he says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission in, Missions exists because worship doesn't. And it's this idea that um, we don't hold missions up like, hey, this is our ultimate goal. Is that we do, but because there are people who do not worship God, that's why we have missions. And once um, we have proclaimed the gospel to all the nations— and when it talks about nations, it's not saying, hey, each country, like with its geographical borders. It's mm-hmm. more people yeah. group. So when, when every people group has heard um, and, and there's, a, there's a, a church growing, then we don't need to do missions anymore. So that's yeah. an exciting thing. That's a good point. Good point, Rick. Okay, so. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to go with, um, with Acts 1.8. Is it good to move on to that that verse? Are we have we exhausted this? Acts one eight. You no, can't the, exhaust Acts one eight. No, I'm not talking about exhausting Acts one eight. Rob, scripture is deep, brother. Okay, <laughs> Listen, why do you think it's, it's so an inexhaustible well? That's right. Okay, um, so if we're done with the John Piper quote, which well said, Johnny P. Um, that guy, you know, he should write books. I don't know if he's ever gotten into that game or not, but <laughs> he should consider writing a book or two. Yeah. So he, he's got a few things to say. <laughs> he's written like over 50 books um anyway are you sure it's 50 i'm pretty sure it's over 50 i could be wrong There's i didn't know you counted that's like kind of a weird thing if you count how many books he's written i heard someone else say it rick oh. i don't actually count okay <laughs> x18 says this but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem in all judea in Samaria Judea. to the end of the earth. <laughs> you did that last time. <laughs> you son of a gun. Judea, Judea. Yeah. But Jesus right. telling telling his disciples that they're gonna they're gonna proclaim, he's asking them to proclaim and be their witness, his witnesses in their the town that they're in, and then to go out from the town into essentially the state that they're in, the country that they're in, and then to other nations as well. And so the, this is the call that, that we have as followers of Jesus is to obey that and take the gospel, not just to those who are near us and close to us uh, proximity wise, but also to those who are far from us. And Rick, you and I, we went on a missions trip um, back in 2012. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And then we, it was like 2012, 2013, because it was a new year's mission trip went over to England and we met a couple awesome dudes. One of which is Mpumi, which I believe I said that right. Pumi, but the M at the beginning of his name is silent. You're <laughs> grinning. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? No, no, you are. Okay. Um, I just don't think we should say I, their names. Oh, really? Like we can say their first name, but if they go to work in middle East countries and stuff. Oh shoot. So maybe you can like bleep that part out. Yeah, I'll bleep out his last name. Yeah, there you go. And then, and then the other one, his name is Marvin. Marvin. No last which, name. Which, <laughs> no last name. Um, anyway, I was going to tell a funny story about Marvin, but I'm not going to. I mean, Marvin and Pumi are awesome guys. Um, Pumi's from 
in Africa and, and Marvin's from Europe and it's just great to hang out do do some outreach with them but yeah. rob you have a story so continue with that well, story. i was just gonna say there's a there's a funny little chant that they gave to help us remember this call which comes out of mark 16 verse 15 which mm-hmm. those of you who are familiar with that portion of mark you you recognize that uh, mark likely ended in verse eight uh, there's some controversy there but that's for another another show another time um but rick do you remember how that how that chant went I, I, I don't. You said it earlier. So, I still kind of forget. The only reason I remember it is because Danielle was trying to remember it. And she yes, okay. was able to, I think, get most of it. But it was like, uh, where do we go? Into all the world. Who said to go? God said to go. Where's that found in the Bible? Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And then they quote back Mark 16, verse 15, which I don't have memorized. But essentially go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That so. was it verbatim, so that's pretty good. Was it verbatim? I mean, that portion, that's the last part of, of um, 15. Oh, well, pat myself on the back. That boy, Rob. But yeah, so that hmm. was their chant. So it was a daily reminder that we are, we are going out. Yes. Yeah. God has told us, and he's told us in his word. Um, and that, So that is a great commission passage. We always, When I talk about the Great Commission, I almost always talk Matthew 28. Um, this one, anyway, it's good that like, it's a reminder we, we do because there's lost people, but because God commands us to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to go. We're going to go. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to point out in Matthew 28, it says, go and make disciples. And he's, yeah. he's saying this to, to the church. He's saying this to his disciples. And so there's a, a understanding in the Christian faith that, disciples, genuine disciples of Jesus Christ make disciples. And so there's this almost like this um, circular thing where if you are a disciple, you're making disciples. And then as you make those disciples, those disciples make more disciples. And there's this multiplication effect. We often try to try to um, invite people to church so that they can hear this dynamic speaker and then go home and think about what the speaker said. Right. But the call of the Christian is yes to be inviting people to that, but it's but it's also to be sharing the faith yourself. Which on the last episode I, I shared that um, I know I personally need to be doing that more uh, because I don't do that nearly as much as what I would like to, um, and I would imagine I'm not the only person who can relate to that. No, I mean it. it it's easy to go to Sunday service. It's hard to make disciples. And, um, but that's where, I mean, that's the, the crux of the Great Commission and, and our work as the church is to be disciples of Christ making disciples. And I heard a, I read a, um, an article and I can't remember the guy who wrote it, or I would say his name because I don't want to steal, mm-hmm. take credit. But he just said, if you call yourself a follower of Christ and you're not making a, you're not making disciples, you're not a follower of Christ. Like yeah. by definition, this is exactly what Christ did. There's no way you can say you're a follower if you're not doing like the very thing he did. Not mm. like specifically you had to do every single thing Jesus did, but this was the main, I mean, this was his thing. Yeah. You got to raise people from the dead. You got to do everything Jesus did. Right? <laughs> Come on, get with it. No, but I mean like people that's, if, if, if I'm a follower, like if I follow, um, let's just say there's some investment guy I follow. I'm like, oh, I follow him. You know, he's my guy. I take it, as, but I don't do anything he does. I'm not following him. I mean, I mean listening mm. 
my head, that's good stuff. But if I don't do it, I'm not a follower. Yeah, that's a great point. You just made disciples. If, if we're not making disciples, can we call ourselves followers? Um, and, and the whole like terminology about disciples, I mean, that can get confusing. What does it look like to make disciples? How involved is that? I mean, there's a lot there. But I would just say it's intentionally investing in people to help them grow to, to be like Christ. Yeah, I, and I think it, I think it fundamentally starts with sharing the gospel, whether that is directly verbatim looking across the table from the person and sharing it, or if that's through the course of conversations over time, giving them bits and pieces and nuggets to where they can kind of see a full-fledged form of the gospel in your life. Right. Um, but but discipleship cannot be done apart from the gospel. Absolutely. I think that's that's an important thing to notate there. So, Rick, is this is this this great commission then, is it just a, a call to share our faith? Um, wait, is this what you just talked about? Like it's, it's a, it's a call to plant churches and make disciples. Yeah. Is that so, what you're yeah. So it, would, it wouldn't just simply be alone. This, this call to simply share our faith. Absolutely right? not. No. Cause I mean, he said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and proselytize. Hmm. And that might be a part of it. You know, you might be knocking on doors and in, in, in a street corner, you know, hopefully not with like a bullhorn, but you know, yeah, there are some of those things that, that work and just sharing your faith. That might be part of it, but the fulfilling of it is making disciples. Yeah. Yeah. All the nations. And the primary means by which uh, disciples are made, I, I think we would agree is, is through the church. Um, and so does that mean that just going to going to church, Rick? Um, that's that's the end all be all. If you attend church enough, then you're pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't have to go to church as long as you listen to good like teaching podcast. Yeah, and and as long as you you Joel give money to to Jesse church, Duplantis you know there. what I mean. Give give a lot of money, and <laughs> we we rag on the prosperity gospel a lot on this podcast, which rightfully I'm so. I'm fine. I add Jesse Duplantis. Wants to raise fifty-four million dollars for his fourth private jet. I saw okay? that. This this guy's got three other private jets, and he said he needs this one because it can go anywhere in the world with one st- like one flight, fuel up, take and go anywhere else. And um, it's just wild. He's he's like, well, if Jesus was here today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Well, Jesse, you're not Jesus, okay? Yeah. <laughs> one, two. Why don't you equip others to go do that? Take your fifty-four million dollars and send out you know, thousands of missionaries and let them do the work that can actually sustain. And you know what? Build a church, not just preach a message, yeah. a false message, I would add. Um, but it's so sad. People just buy into this stuff like like crazy. Like, it's so frustrating. Like I'm, I'm feeling my chest tighten. <laughs> how can this guy get $54 million for his fourth private jet? And I can't even find someone to pay off my student loans. Like what's, Why are people what's giving this chump money? <laughs> Well, because I mean, it's just they they prey on weak people, people who one have really poor theology. That's yeah. why theology matters. But two people, something there's no doubt, and they they just prey on people who who are weak like that. Um, it's it, I mean, it's really very very frustrating and and sad. Um, yeah. Because he then takes that message, flies in his private jet all around the world, saying, "Hey, give me your money, and God will bless you." Yeah. Who, who really have nothing, and that's just not God's economy. Um, so that decided, that's not how we do missions. We don't just f- zoom in, fly in, fly out. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that. We talk about long-term, short-term, that there's value in both, but you have to be there for the long haul. Someone has to be there planting churches, making disciples for the long 
Paul. That that's so important. Yeah. So let's dive into that, Rick. So yeah. just b- based off what we just said, this great commission is more than just a call to share our faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's a call to establish churches, and yes. and with that. Um, our response should be that we that we love the church. We love the bride of Christ. I'm not talking about we love a building, but we love the people of God because that's right. that's whom Christ died for. Mm-hmm. So now, Rick, as we try to exert that love for the people of God, as we try to fulfill this this command to go and establish churches and to make disciples locally and globally, um, you have some experience in this. You are a missions pastor at your yes. church. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you um, give people a little bit of a practical understanding, practical wisdom as to how we should be thinking about accomplishing this? Yeah. Um, that's a small question. Let me answer that quickly. Yeah, you've got 30 <laughs> seconds. Go. Yeah. So there's a lot has been done wrongly in missions um, in the last hundred years, but a lot of things have, have uh, been done correctly, and we're excited about that. Um, so, as I said before, we need people who are committed to the long haul. People who say, you know, I'm going to give my life to this people group, to this town or this city, to this this nation of people. Um, that's one thing. If if we have people who just come in, and I'm a fan of short term missions. I'm a fan of short term missions because it. It supports the local church that's in that nation working, so it reinforces. As I'm a, let me rephrase that. I am a fan of short-term missions if they do the following: a) their primary objective is to support the local work that the church is already doing, so they're not okay. there on their own agenda. They're there supporting the local church, the local um, missionaries, or as we say, international workers. Um, so that's one. Two, their desire is to um, be as helpful as they can. So mm-hmm. again. Hey, they're with the church. They're there to help the church. Um, so whatever that church needs, if they need people to paint a building, great. But if they need people to go out and, and wash, help clean, or whatever, you do that. Or if they need people to put on a program, like you're there to serve that ministry. Um, and then people who are who are humble. You see this a lot, in, especially with some youth trips or young adults. I mean, they're there for a good time. They're there to explore a new country, and it's exciting. And hey. I, It's a mission trip so I can raise money for it. I didn't have to pay for it. This isn't a vacation. Now, I've never been on a trip that was a drag. I've always been on trips that were exciting and God was doing great things. But it is a mission trip. It's not about you. It's about what, how to serve and um, how to be selfless. And then, and then finally, it has to be, I think, through the context of um, not just we go and we come home and we're done, but as best as a church can. How do we keep that connection? How do we keep encouraging that church? How do the workers, um, the short-term teams, short-termers who went, how do they continue in giving or supporting that? So it's not just a blip on the radar. It's There's consistency. There's longevity there. There's accountability there. Um, so that's kind of, I believe, in short-term missions as long as they kind of fulfill those things. We've We've seen those done wrong many other times um, where people just come in, they do their thing, they leave. And then everyone else is like, that wasn't very helpful. Like that was actually did more harm than good. And then long-term, you have to have a good strategy. You have to really be integrated and have a long-term view because a lot of places it's, it does, it takes years or decades to really even get a good foothold in the culture. Yeah. Okay. So Rick, the person listening right now who is saying to themselves, 
yes, I, I want to be faithful to the Great Commission. I want to step out and I want to, to be a part of this and I want, want the gospel to be proclaimed in all the nations. What, what would be their next steps? How, how can they go about, let's say, let's say they work a full-time job. Okay, mm-hmm. so they can't just up and move to another country. So right. give them some practical next steps here. Yeah, so if you if you feel a burden for missions, one, begin to pray. Um, there's a, a great book. It's called Operation World. It's put out by, um, I think Operation Mobilization has a big part of that. So it's called Operation World. It literally has every day of the year, and you pray for all the nations. And it has tons of information about each country and people group. It's a phenomenal resource. So begin to pray for, for the nation. Pray for the lost, um, and then begin to explore options. Okay, if you want to go, maybe it's, it's it's good to take a short-term trip. There's a yeah. ton of different organizations that you can go with. Um, I'm with the Christian Missionary Alliance. They have a, a branch called Envision. They do trips with, done several with Operation Mobilization (OM). They have good um, they have good stuff going. There's Frontiers. There's um, International Mission Board has stuff you can do. There's a lot of different places. I will say, though, do your research. And then two, you have to be flexible. You have to understand some some short-term trips just go bad. Hmm. They do. Like things just happen. Maybe they had just a wrong leader. It just, it just goes bad. So never take one trip and then make your assessment of global missions off of one short-term trip. Never do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then talk to your, your pastor. Talk to your people at your church. I mean, hopefully your church is involved and they have some connections. Um, so, yeah, pray. Um, if you feel led to go, then start talking to organizations. But primarily start out with your church. Figure out what they're doing. Um, you're part of a local body. Hopefully that local body is making an impact globally and you can join in that work. So, yeah. Okay, so un- under under the banner of going, Rick, there yeah. are there are a couple options, right? Short term and long term. You want to suss that yeah. out a little bit? Yeah. So <clears throat> typically, anything um, under two years is considered short term. Now, I know, like in our minds, we wouldn't consider you know a year <laughs> and a half from now would not be considered short term. But again, like I said before, you have to have a very long term strategy with missions. So having something saying, "Hey, two years or under," that's short. You know, three, four, five, ten, that's long term. That's so you're there for a long haul. You're established. You're, you're learning the language. You're, you've learned the language. You've learned the culture and you've really integrated into ministry there. Um, yeah. So, you, yeah, people take short term trips, six months, a year, two years. Um, a years week. Of, Some people go yeah, for a week. Oh, a week, 10 days. Yeah. All kinds of stuff like that. Um, but usually once you look beyond that, there's more requirements with agencies. Hey, you're going to go for – and sometimes it's that way too. If you're going for more than a month or six months, it's like, okay, we have some more uh, process to, to have you go through so that we can really support you in this work. Um, and I would say this is kind of a side note, but a lot of missions – I mean there's, they say there's like was it, 2 billion people who have never even heard – there's no information. There's, there's no connection. Uh, they don't have the word we say is they don't have access to the gospel. So the difference between going to Europe and going to the Middle East or parts of Asia, Europeans have access to the gospel. Now, other there's obviously millions and millions of lost people there, and we care about that, so we support work there. But we need to really, as a as a Western culture, as an American church, really start to shift our thinking missionally to those who have never heard. Yeah, and when you, you say no access, when you say access to the gospel, just sussing that out even more, 
you mean that they they have access to a Bible. They have access to radio programs. They have access right. to um, podcasts that talk about the gospel like this, whereas those who right. don't have access would have no Bible in their native language. They have no way of hearing the gospel, whether that's through film or audio. Um, they literally have no way of hearing the gospel apart from somebody uprooting themselves and going to them and sharing it. Exactly. Um, so the there's a, st- a lot of stats, and I can't, re- I don't remember those things well, but one, they talk about, um, like, in America, I think you had to go, if you went door to door, knocking on doors to try and find out about Jesus, you'd probably have to go to like seven doors on average before you can find someone who could actually articulate the Christian faith and tell you what it's about and lead you to Christ, right? That's a kind of a, a loose statement, but you know, okay. seven doors. Whereas some parts of the world, um, they're so lost that you'd have to go, I'm trying to find the stat, but number one, you'd have to go knock on doors. So like every 30 seconds, for eight hours a day for like so many days. Wow. Like, it, I mean, yeah. it, was, it wasn't like two days. I mean, it was like days and days because there's, there's no one there. There's yeah. no one there that knows Christ. They're, they're, they don't have a Bible in their language. If they do, there's, they're very few. There's no radio bro- broadcasts. There's no internet access to find out. So there's no, like, there's no access to the gospel. Yeah. And so we need to emphasize those parts of the world where these people have no, there's not even a, a glimpse that they can hear the gospel until we start sending people and equipping them and start building the church there. Yeah. Uh, we care okay, about so, the whole, but we definitely need to, to really focus on the, the unreached. Yeah. So we've covered the going, which you did a great job on that, Rick. Well oh, done, man. If thanks, you're not man. already a missions pastor, somebody should snatch you up and, <laughs> and consider making you one. Thanks, man. Um, JK, Rick is the missions pastor, but the, so we're either going ourselves or we're sending others. And yeah. if you want to touch on that real quick, Rick, on how, how people can be sending others, because not everybody will have the luxury of even going for a week. First right. off, it's not cheap. Second off, um, they may not have the vacation time with their job. So how can other people get involved with the Great Commission? Right. So, so first of all, if you're not, if you're not passionate about the Great Commission, um, short term trips are a great great way to to fuel that. But uh, excuse me, I would also say you need to start praying because if you're not passionate about it now, maybe you should really get passionate about it before you take a trip, before you make that investment and go. Um, there's a lot of ways you can support. I mean, you can support people like this stuff isn't cheap. God provides, but he, he trusts that his church will support. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you need to be giving to missions. And this is, a, I would say this is above your, your tithes and your offerings to the church. Hopefully your church is, has a, a line item for missions and they, they are supporting missions. If they're not, you know, talk about that, begin to pray about that. Um, but hopefully they are. And, and then you can, you can on your own, sacrificially the, the word sacrifice there you, you have to give up things yeah mission enough to, to say hey we're not gonna go to a movie you know twice a month or whatever we cut that out and we're, we're gonna give it to missions so that's one way just financially um another way is you you can go and this can be short or long you know both are are great but maybe god has placed on you um, a burden to, to actually go long term and there's a that's a long process that usually takes at least a year to start figuring that out, go through all that process, maybe a year or two, um, depending on the agency. Yeah. But you can definitely go. 
Oh, you're gonna cut me off. Am I, nope. am I not saying it right? Are you gonna mansplain it again? Nope. Finish your finish your thought. <clears throat> no, that's it, Rob. That's all. I, that's all I had. All right. Um, so let's let's get to the main takeaways. <laughs> so the last thing I was gonna wrap up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just at the, you can you can send financially, or yeah, you can give financially. You can go, but the most overlooked thing is the most basic thing is prayer. Yeah. Like. To be in prayer for the workers, be in prayer that the the churches would grow, Uh, be in prayer that your church would would grow in their heart for missions. And um, I'll tell you what, if you're involved in the body of Christ that is excited about missions, that's an exciting place to be. I mean, it's just, it's exciting to be about the Great Commission. Yeah. Main takeaways. Main takeaways. So there are three of them here. Uh, main takeaway number one is that we are called to share our faith with others locally and globally. Main takeaway number two is that disciples make disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you will do what Jesus did and share the gospel and call people to follow him. And then takeaway numero trace is we are either going, we are sending, or we are being disobedient. So either going yeah. or sending. If it's not either of those, then we're being disobedient to the call of the Great Commission. So, Rick, um, well, real quick shout out to to Ed from Pittsburgh. He was our first monetary supporter. Thank you, Ed. You are the man. Ed. Thanks, Ed. Huge shout out to him. (laughs) Yeah, huge, huge (laughs) shout out to him. And Rick, tell the tell the listeners how to get in touch with us. I would say was because we put up this Patreon. That's how you say it, right? Patreon. 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 And it's a, it's, a, it's a funding thing. Um, and if you go to Patreon, just put Simple Theology, you'll find us there. But Rob told me, he's like, dude, someone sent us 20 bucks on Patreon. I'm like, what? That was so exciting that <laughs> so someone exciting. actually like believed in what we're doing enough to give us like hard-earned money. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, I don't have a ton of money. So if I gave money to someone like something like this. That's a big deal. So thank and you, Ed. All of that goes, you guys can see our budget on our Patreon page, but all of that goes to covering our costs. We're not, I thought we were, we're, I thought we were doing, in. I thought we were doing that. The private jet thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. No, Rick, are we not? Well, that was kind that's of a small thing. 54 million, 20 bucks here and there. It adds up. Yeah, sure does. No, it does. It goes to the, the production of, of the podcast and um, we're excited about the potential. Like, Hey, if we do get some more, resources just what we can do with stuff but you can always reach out and contact us um, we're on facebook at simple theology you can hit us up at twitter on twitter at simple theology underscore as i said with patreon just go to simple theology and our website check it out simple theology.org um, so love to hear from you guys please go to our itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating and uh, tell your friends about the show if you like, if you don't like it, just keep listening. Um, don't tell your friends. Yeah. But, but yeah, tell it. your friends, guys. We we so Rob appreciate. doesn't have any friends, so that's why. That's why we need you to tell. That's your why we friends. need you to tell our friends. <laughs> uh, that twenty bucks is actually going to pay Rick to continue to be my friend. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so that's actually the thing, guys. I get paid to, to come on here and help help this thing stay afloat. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, love to hear from you guys and uh thank you for thank you for listening. You guys are great. Peace out, y'all. Peace. <laughs>